Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 20 of the Yinzers Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan DeFidio, here with not Sam and Morgan, because they are currently traveling back home after attending the Steelers game against the Raiders yesterday. Instead, filling in for them, I have the hosts of the Around the 412 podcast, also from the DK uh, Pittsburgh Sports Network. How are you guys doing? I thought you were going to introduce us as not Sam and not Morgan specifically, which one was which. Oh, well, yeah. So, yeah, not not Sam, Tyler, and not Morgan, Smitty. Yes. There's a a specific reasoning behind that as well, which we can get to at the end of the show when Tyler (laughs) Tyler goes on. There's a reason. There is a reason. But I appreciate you guys being here to fill in for them while they're uh, on their way to their respective homes. Safe travels. Yeah. yeah. Godspeed uh, back to your own time zones. But Smitty, you and I were at the game yesterday. Tyler was not. Uh, yeah, it was. Give give one word to describe that game. Smitty first. Oh, one word. Oh. Yeah. Um, underwhelming. Okay. Tyler. Deflating. Mm. I was like going to say. Yeah, I was going to say projecting. <laughs> it was it was a rough loss that felt flat kind of from start to finish. And not to discount the Raiders by any stretch because they played really solid football on both sides yeah. of the ball. Uh on on offense, they really took advantage of the fact that Joe Hayden was injured and out for the game. They took advantage of the fact that Devin Bush was out and then TJ Watt going down and Tyson Alualu going down. It it wasn't like they just skated on by. They Derek Carr made some really impressive throws there. He he exploited the weaknesses in the secondary with the the absence of Joe Hayden. And obviously Darren Waller and Henry Ruggs are just monsters. So looking looking at how the defense performed yesterday. Is, is there any concern long-term outside of injuries, or do you think that it was mostly just the fact that we lost three to four of our most important players on that side of the ball? I think that's probably just the case. I'm not really concerned with the defense when it came comes to this game because I don't know how much I can 
really set the bar whenever you're losing, uh, honestly, your key guys at each level of the field on the defense. So I, I don't really think that this is much to say about the defense more so than I hope they get healthy and it's just an mm-hmm. injury factor. I, I think the defense as a whole is still pretty solid, even without them. Um, I think they're a solid defense. But with them, they're an elite defense, as we know. And yeah. I just think that's the case. It's just the injury bug. It's not really the defense performing. Mm. Yeah, my only concerns with the defense are injuries or, secondly, not even necessarily their fault. Are they going to be on the field too much because of the offense and be tired, yeah. gassed out by the end of the game? Um, but as far as personnel, as long as those guys don't miss much time, this is still an elite unit, and I have no concerns about them long term. I actually was impressed by the compete level in the way that they played in this mm-hmm. game against the Raiders. The biggest question was how are they going to shut down Darren Waller? Five catches for 65 yards. I mean, to me, that's that's doing pretty much that. They limited mm-hmm. him, him to that. I said keep him under 100 and I'd be happy. Um, for most of the game, he was pretty invisible. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he was the guy that they were clearly keying in on, so much so that that's why Ruggs got his touchdown burning past Mika Fitzpatrick and Akella Witherspoon paying too much attention uh, to Darren Waller. But yeah, as far as just this unit concerns about them, not, no, as long as they're healthy and the offense can keep them off the field for you right now, they have like a negative 34 play differential. They've, they've get, they've had 34 less offensive plays than they've mm-hmm. had plays runs run against them. That's not good. Like we need mm-hmm. to see that even out a little bit more. And that's where I talked about the running game having to get going that's how you control the line of scrimmage and the clock it's a must because whenever you're limited to one aspect of your offense everybody knows what's coming and they can you know plan for it and attack it and prevent it it's it's way easier to shut down the the passing game when the running game is not existent and that's where i think everybody's concerns lie because i'm not concerned about the defense uh Losing Tyson Aluelu long-term is definitely not great. Uh, he's such a critical piece of that front seven, and he is super underrated. He, not by people in Pittsburgh, but his name just does not come up in, in the national spotlight ever, really. It's very rare yeah. for people to mm-hmm. be talking about him outside of the city of Pittsburgh, but he is he's a force on, on our defense and his absence is definitely it. He's going to be missed for sure, but it sounds like the other injuries are potentially week to week, if not more minimal than that. So it's, it's not concerning on the defense, but offense it's way more X's and O's and how things that we can control that just don't seem to be controlled. The, the, and I feel like Najee had a better game this week than he did last week, just because it felt a little less like he was trying to run people into the grass and was being a little bit more patient and using his vision and his, and his footwork and his agility to make plays happen. But even still, they not, not great when you're running behind that line and that the Raiders, the Raiders defense put so much pressure on Ben, specifically Max Crosby, who we knew was going to be an issue coming off of that game against the Ravens, but Mm. it was somehow even worse than I was anticipating it being. And it felt like 
Ben was very frustrated the whole game. And whenever he's frustrated, it just throws him further off his game. And there was just so, so many, there were so many things going on, on, on offense and with our offense. And it was super discouraging to watch because it did feel like we were thrown into a time capsule from last year, the year before and wondering what is it going to take to, to fix this and do something productive. So that's, I guess my question, what, what is it going to take? Tyler, please tell me. Honestly, that is the toughest answer to quest answer to question or question to answer. Holy crap. I just yeah, had a I'm stroke. Right there Come you. on, Sam. Uh, yeah, listen, Sam. Watching the Steelers offense. That's what's making me think like mm-hmm. that. And talking about yeah. it. Honestly, it's such a tough question to answer because they have the personnel to that you think would do very well, especially at their skilled positions. The biggest question going into this year was the offensive line. That is still the biggest question mark because of how terribly they perform, and specifically in the running game. I, I, they Steelers had 39 rushing yards, I believe, which was less than what we allowed the Raiders to have, which is crazy to me. I mean, whenever you're you're allowing less than or you're relying like 50 yards per game rushing and you're rushing less than that with Najee Harris in the backfield you should not be doing that he made some good Mm -hmm. plays but those most of those plays that he made were in the passing game whenever Ben would dump it off to him I I just don't think the Steelers are good at running the ball and that's that's the biggest key to getting this offense going because it's very one-dimensional right now and this the defenses just know how to play them it's kind of reminds me of the end of last year those last like five or six games the Steelers offense was so one-dimensional and the defenses that every week were figuring them out and they they just became really easy to play Mm -hmm. and the play calling Smitty and I mentioned it on our show the play calling doesn't really look much different from Matt Canada to uh from last year and so we were expecting a completely revamped offense now maybe there's some more stuff in the bag for Matt Canada but I'm expecting him to at least switch it up a little bit because I don't want a Randy Fickner scenario where you just keep trying what's not working. Yeah. Which is, Oh, it's exactly what it feels like is happening right now. It's just, they, they handed him the same scheme and playbook and we're like, Hey, just do something with it. And the, I don't know if that's a higher up problem. I don't know if that's just Matt Canada isn't as good as we idealized him to be because he just wasn't Randy Finkner. Like, I, I don't really know what the issue is. And that was my concern promoting somebody from within the organization and not finding a fresh set of eyes and a, and a fresh voice to the offensive coordinator position, because that's just all they've really done for, I, I don't even remember how long, like they just, they keep, keeping guys around and it feels like they need somebody to come in and just shake things up. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Smitty, you mentioned the running game, and Tyler definitely touched on that as well. But is there anything else that this offense can do to kind of, like, yeah, be better well, besides like, everything. Yeah, you guys, I feel like, had the perfect segue there talking about Matt Canada and the offensive scheme, not just the personnel. Because although it looks a little bit different, right, pre-snap, you know, with the motion, we've seen Juju come across the formation a lot pre-snap and then make things look differently. Ultimately, the play calling seems pretty similar, and obviously yeah. the results are similar right now i think the thing is like we all came into this knowing that there were going to be growing pains with that offensive line Mm -hmm. with a first year offensive coordinator like it was going to take some time but no one wants to hear that when it actually takes that time Um, and i think that the biggest reason that we're not willing to give them that leeway is because of the results of 2020 the end the way that it ended because of 2019 you know, Ben goes down and what the offense looked like where they were struggling to put up 17 points a game. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is going to take time, but here's the thing is like, even if it takes that time, I'm not sure that time is the only thing that they need. I'm not so sure that they have the personnel on that offensive line, regardless of how much time that you give Mm -hmm. them. I actually like Matt Canada as an offensive coordinator. I'm just not so sure that he has the personnel at his disposal to make his offense work. Like and that includes Ben. I'm not so sure that he's the ideal quarterback to run this system. Um, even look at look at. There's a lot of rumors that he, Matt Canada called that Week 17 game last year in Cleveland, which Mason Rudolph threw for over 300 yards, and the offense looked pretty good. Like who mm-hmm. knows what somebody else would step in and do in Matt Canada? And I'm not pushing Ben out the door by any means. I was fully on board with him coming back for this, mm-hmm. you know, last year fa- farewell tour. <laughs> I'm just saying in an ideal situation, I think a Matt Canada offense needs, you know, a much better offensive line and a quarterback that offers you a little bit more mobility than Ben Roethlisberger does. I think he's catering an offense that really isn't his ideal offense to the quarterback that he has at his disposal and the offensive line that he has at his disposal. Which any time in this great sport of football, you try to put a square peg in a round hole you're not going to get anywhere. And the fact Mm -hmm. that they, they, maybe they should have, I, so many should have, could have, would have like there, it's impossible to know what the right decision was. But I think like, if you're, if you're, you know, putting this mentality or this mantra out there of, we know that Ben's our guy. He's our quarterback. The we want to go all in with it for his final years here. But then don't you don't fix the offensive line, and then you bring in an offensive Most important coordinator thing. that is going to clash with Ben's style of play and can't really 
work any creativity in there with Ben's style of play. It just, it, it seems like every single great thing they did in the off season, like bringing in Melvin Ingram and uh, Joe Schobert and all of the reworking of the cap and signing TJ Watt. Like it feels like everything is just kind of, I, I don't want to say flat or bland, but it just, it feels less exciting now because it's like the, yeah, you're optimizing I mean, this window and this window is rapidly closing and the things that you could have done to actually, you know, capitalize on Ben's last year, you, you didn't really bat an eye at that. You think about how many things like you just mentioned one last year for Ben, like how many signs point to them going all in on one last year, you bring back Juju on a one year deal. Mm -hmm taking less money than he could have gotten some other places. Melvin Ingram, Joe Schobert, you trade for Akella Witherspoon because you felt like you needed another corner to add to that room. You mentioned, you know, the reworking of some deals. They bring in Trey Turner because of David DeCastro's situation. Like they, they just, they did drafting Najee Harris in the first round. Like everything mm -hmm. that they did about this off season, what Frymuth in the second round, like everything was about Ben's one last year, except for they were like the offensive line. Yeah. Eh, it's a work in progress. To you me, can't have that though. I would say to me, it kind of seems like the offensive line was built to be good in two years, not this year. Mm, yeah, they, they sh they, it's kind of like not to relate it to another team in the city, but it's kind of like the Pirates, where where we want them to be good in a couple years. We want this offensive line to be good in a couple years. That's what the way it looks like they were building it. With who, especially with who they drafted. I, I don't think these are guys you were expecting to step in immediately and play. Especially, I, I think Kendrick Green was definitely probably the one that you were like, okay, he has to be the starter because center, there's just no one there. But yeah. we, we weren't expecting Dan Moore Jr. to be the starting ta left tackle for the Steelers mm -hmm. right away. Um, I, I mean, there, and I said, luckily, he has performed pretty well to this point because imagine if he wasn't, that would just be yeah. even worse. Oh, Same yeah. thing with Kendrick Green. Imagine if we we had to stick with like J.C. Hassenhauer at center, the, the line would just be terrible oh, compared Lord. to what it is now. So, believe it believe it or not, people, it can get worse. So, <laughs> so you know what? I wanted to bring up, up another here. thing. I wanted to bring up another thing real quick with the nausea thing because my friend Derek texted me this. It's just it's so unfair for nausea too because if people are going to look at that and just be like, people are already questioning the pick, but it's going to just raise more questions the fact that you know they're giving him this offensive line and it has nothing to do with like his skill set or the type of player it's not indicative of the type of player he is but he's not putting up first round pick results from a position that you expect to be plug and play this guy can play 100 percent of the snaps this guy should be effective immediately he's not putting up those results yet because of the people in front of him you know and yeah. you can't change that situation and it's just going to make people question that pick even more so well, it wasn't all bad yesterday because, of course, it was the first full-capacity game back at Heinz Field in two yes. years. The terrible tailgate was awesome. It was really cool to meet so many of you and hang out with Smitty and, you yes. know, go to McFadden's. the weather, go to McFadden's, you know, all that <laughs> good stuff. But there is a question now. So 
there's a, a tried and true tradition uh, that has become part of Steeler's lore that one of this trio, not Sam, is questioning. And uh, I believe it has something to do with the... Oh God, what what is it? It's a song, I think? The jig is up. One of, one of Sticks many hits. Many, yeah. many hits. Listen, my, my dad had a Sticks greatest hit, hit CD in his car growing up, so they must have had more than one. But <laughs> I just don't care about Renegade personally. And I think it's that unbelievable. I, I, I literally think that it does not matter when or if they play that song, it's not going to affect what happens on the field. Sure, it gets the stadium hype. It gets the, the players hype. I understand that. But if it, it, people need to stop acting like it actually affects what they do the next drive or the next play because it doesn't. We've, I mean, the the drive after that they played it on Sunday, Henry Rugg scored a touchdown. Right now, it's a hundred percent or zero percent, depending on how you look at <laughs> exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> so, so I, I, I'm I have no problem with them playing it, but if they want to play it, quit acting like it's really going to affect what happens on the field. And that's not really the team. I think it's just more so the fan base that I get annoyed with. I'm like, you, you make it such a big deal for something that has no effect mm. on the game. And if, and if I'm an opposing team, I'm playing Renegade all week, playing the Steelers. I'm pretty sure Buffalo did Pittsburgh. in my team, yeah. Yeah, yeah they, they did. Play all week, and you get hype whenever they play Renegade as well because that just makes your team – in a better position after that, like yes, the the stadium is getting hype and the 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 team itself is getting hype. But if you're getting hype with them, it's in your favor to for the, the, the uh, next drive, next play, whatever it is, because you're not being intimidated by all that. I I just don't think it works like people do, or people think it does. And so, do people yeah, actually I'm just think it works though? You cannot tell me that there are not people <laughs> on Twitter.com that do not believe that, that it, Renegade is like... I think like, that it's a thing because people think that it works. They did it. You know, that that was the thing. That comeback victory in the playoffs against the Browns. That's what in it was 2000 born. and what? Three? Two. I think it was 2002. Two. Okay, 20 yeah. years ago. By the way, I was not a Steeler fan at that time. That's oh, true. That's that's yeah. a bigger hot take than that, I think. Yeah, people... Mr. Never mind. Steelers Twitter is not... Mr. Steelers it. Twitter, <laughs> it was not a Steelers fan at first. Oh, God. Well, you know, when you say it like that, I go back and forth on it. I'm not sure how I feel. I, I'm a big sucker for tradition, and mm -hmm. I think that I I don't know. It, it may just be one of those things that I like the idea of more than the thing itself. Um, kind of like Seinfeld, which is its own hot take, I think. But I, I it just it translates better talking about it with other people than it does actually participating in it or watching it. So I, I don't know. I do feel like people are going to really come after you for that. And you already really incited I mean, that rage and that wrath on Twitter. There was, it was going around on Twitter a lot today. And I was like, is this topic happening because of the title of our show? I just want people on. to know that it wasn't like it was like clickbait or anything like that. Like this was legitimately a conversation that we had. So I want people to know that it was genuine. That this happened on our show wasn't clickbait. No, I I, I, it. I, I said it on around the four one two, and I'm holding my ground on Yinsers. I I'm not breaking away from this. Yinsers, Yinsers, yeah, <laughs> sirs. No, but but okay, think about it. It is like 
I think that at this point it has just become completely about that environment. Yeah. At some point in the third or fourth quarter, transitioning from the quarter to the next, whatever it is, for the fans of the stadium. I think the yeah. players – I think all the players do feed off it, like you said, like even the away. 100%. So I think at this point it's just literally for everybody. But if you talk to any fans that were there yesterday, the introductions, specifically when Ben Roethlisberger came out in Renegade, those were the two high points from kickoff to the end of the game. Probably in part to due to the way that the game actually went. Yeah. But nonetheless, unless you were at the terrible tailgate, those were the only two things that you yeah. really enjoyed about the game yesterday. So you could say the high Although point of the game. Although everybody should have been at the tailgate. Yeah. I will say the, the reason I chose deflating, not only because we weren't expected to win in Buffalo, um, so that, that kind of brought us up, and then the loss of the Raiders brought us back down. But you could say that the high point of the game was Renegade, and then it was very deflating whenever Ruggs oh. scored the touchdown. Mm. Like maybe Because, Smitty, you, you mentioned that like the stadium, even early on, was pretty dead when it when compared to like whenever the game first started. Yeah, I mean, so obviously started out loud, introductions and everything like that. The game gets rolling, even like a couple false starts that the Raiders had where you can see that like the crowd was influencing that. Mm-hmm. But, and you know what, never mind. You're, you're, you're suckering me in to end up being the bad guy of this show. Because I'm about, because I'm going to say something about the fans. It just seems like when the Steelers are down, the fans aren't as into the game. And in a way, I get that. But when you are at home and there, it's very much still a game, and you know that you can influence some of these things by creating mm-hmm. that hostile environment. You got to stay involved. Yeah. And the fan base, at least since I've become a season ticket holder, I have not seen that be the case. Yeah, it's kind of son of a yeah. <laughs> I'm not the no, only evil one. We're done. We're done in Pittsburgh. Yep. That's it. Yeah, let's let's wrap this thing up before we say anything else that could potentially get us excommunicated. Uh, but seriously, thank you both, uh, Smitty and Tyler, for hanging out with me. And thank you to everybody who joined us and listened in. Make sure that you're following us on Twitter at Yinzers and on Instagram at Yinzers Official. And then make sure you're subscribed to us here, wherever it is you're listening to podcasts, so that we can hang out every single week. And we will see you next Tuesday for another episode.